0: You're listening to the no name photo show. It's not spouse approved. It may or may not be safe for work. We'll see. And now here's your host, Brian Matias and me, Sharky
1: James. So Brian, here we are. Episode 23. Sharky, we have Trevision Tuppled. Do you like that Trevision Tuppled our episode output?
0: Trevision Tuppled, you say.
1: Trevision Tuppled.
0: I'm going to forget that in about 2 seconds. So, I already forgot it. <laughs> exactly. So why don't you tell us what's
1: on the show then? So first story uh, is this is an interesting one. We have uh, you know a story by Jack White of the White Stripes. I personally am a big fan of their music, of his music, and of Jack and Meg White. It's interesting. So I, I admittedly I hate concerts. I haven't gone to concerts in years, and partly because I just generally get freaked out with being around a lot of people and also just how loud it is. But for those of you who do enjoy concerts and Jack White, uh, there's going to be a little change in in his policies of attending. So we'll talk about that. And the second story we have is, this is related kind of to episode 20 when we had Colby Brown as a guest, and it was very much about social media and photography. And the inspiration for the story comes from an, an article on DIY photography It's called Goodbye Instagram, Hello, Hello. Hello. ELLO. And so we'll talk a little bit about that. It's not just about the social network LO, but just more about, you know, just how, how much impact can you have these days on social media anymore?
0: I think these are good topics. And we got a lot of great feedback when we had Colby Brown on, so we'll definitely have him on again. People want to know this stuff. They want to know how to get more business or how to get their stuff seen. So since we're talking about social media, I've got a big giveaway going on. I'm buying someone a camera. There's a Tamron lens that we're giving away and so many other things, including from you and Nicole Z. You guys are kicking in some gift cards for your awesome things you have over in your stores, Mm Matias store, Nicole Z store. So if people want to find that, you can find me on social media, lens shark predominantly on Instagram, or you can go to lenssharkcom slash giveaway, or it'll be right there on the front page or on pet. I mean, if you go to Petapixel later, you're not going to find it because there's tons of stories so lensshark.com slash giveaway i'm giving away a camera
1: yeah and the audience gets to pick which camera right
0: they do you get to pick between a nikon d850 a sony a7r mark iii a canon 5d mark IV, and i also threw in a bunch of other choices too a pentax k1 because why not and a bunch of panasonics and olympuses so you know you have your choice
1: I don't recall seeing. I've seen a lot of, especially recently, and maybe it's with the holidays. I've seen a lot of contests by photographers. Uh, You know, speaking of Colby, he just had a contest, but it was specifically for the Sony A7R Mark III. I like that idea where the winner gets to choose the camera because maybe they don't want to invest in Sony or, or, you know, a particular system. Maybe they already have a bunch of Canon or Nikon glass and they just want, especially a Nikon D850. Well, if I won, I would, I would pick the A7R III because I have one already. I freaking love that camera, Um, but. If I wasn't a Sony shooter, I probably should select a D850. But enough about that, guys. Go Make sure you check out Sharky's uh, social media uh, at Lens Shark, L-E-N-S Shark, S-H-A-R-K. Um,
0: <laughs> L-E-N-S Shark, you say? Shark. <laughs>
1: uh, so, so yeah, I, I think that's cool, Sharky. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing you know how many entries you've got and how you choose the winner. But with that, let's begin. Let's do it. What's our first topic? So again, we mentioned jack white of the white stripes the story is that he's basically banning phones mobile phones from his concerts and the way he's doing that i was as soon as i saw the headline i'm like well that's interesting how are you going to do that there's an interesting product by a company called yonder y-o-n-d-r and that's probably a whole entire topic why are companies still following that kind of flicker model where they're eliminating the e at the end of their verb title yonder you know
0: what that is? That's really stupid. S T U P D. There you go. Oh,
1: sharky. Okay, everyone. I, I don't know if that's a dad joke, but we'll 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 count it as one.
0: It makes me crazy too. I hate that whole naming convention. It's just it's crazy. Go ahead.
1: Sure, but uh, believe it or not, that's not the story. The story is what happens is if you want to go see Jack White live in concert, like I said, I'm not the biggest fan of concerts, but if I wanted to go, I'd have to use what's called a yonder pouch. It's kind of interesting. It's a pouch. You slide your phone into it, and it essentially locks, and you can take the pouch with you because at first I was like, there's no way I'm leaving my phone somewhere. You can keep the pouch with you, but you can only unlock it, the, the pouch itself, at specific designated areas. So there are, you know, in the in the lobby area or concession area, you can kind of it's kind of it looks like a magnet and like one of those, you know, when you go buy electronics at a Best Buy or something and there's like a or target, there's a, you know, has a, like a wire mesh around it and it's held together by this this magnetic unit. And the way you unlock it is you have to put that unit on a little contraption and then demagnetize it. That's what this yonder pouch looks like. And once it's closed, you can't really open it. And it's not translucent or transparent. It is thick material, so you can't see the screen, and you can not the camera can't see anything through it. So Sharky, before we actually talk about the implications, first question, I already said I, I'm not a concert fan. I love music, don't get me wrong. I listen to music all the time. Do you like concerts? Do you go to concerts?
0: I barely get out of my office here in Boise. Let alone, you know, get out of Boise. But uh, no, the last time I went to a concert was in the early days of the Petapixel Photography Podcast. I took my daughter to go see her favorite artist, which was Ariana Grande. And uh, so that was madness. We went to Chicago. We flew from Salt Lake City. We were in Utah at the time. And of course, everyone's holding up their phones. The real not very smart people are holding up their tablets and such. Thankfully, smaller ones these days. And it's just like I said on my show, I don't know if it was episode like 248, 249, something like that. It's not the experience that you and I got pre-smartphone days. You know, you'd have people there with cameras taking photos, little point and shoots and such. And you would see the flashes go off, right? Like you watch the Super Bowl and you see all these flashes go off like those flashes are going to do anything from 200 yards away up in the stands. You're just going to illuminate the back of someone's head. But Jack White wants people to have, they said, a more human experience, right? They want you to enjoy. And he's a musician's musician. And I said also, it's probably a, a little bit of a generational thing. He's 42. So he remembers what it was like when people would go to a concert and their eyes would be fixated on him or whoever. So he's missing the attention is what he's saying. No, he's not. So people were more connected and they really enjoyed that experience. And now you're watching, a lot of people are seemingly watching the show from the back of their darn screen, you could, like I said on the show, you could just go on YouTube and get that same experience roughly and save yourself all that money. Go to a concert and enjoy it.
1: Yeah. I mean, I I, I can't disagree in terms of Jack White's intentions, you know, but from a, so we can speak about it more from a photographer's perspective. Uh, I, I have several friends who are, you know, they, at least part of their gig as photographers is, is a concert photographer. And, you know, of course, in that situation, that's a very limited thing in terms of finding a, some sort of a content provider or wire that will send you to the concert, you know, and typically you're allowed to, you're in that photo pit for like three songs. The first, first three songs, and then you're gone. And if you want to stay, I think you might have to pay for a ticket. So, you know, in that respect, okay, I get it. That's one hand. You don't necessarily, maybe not Jack White, but a concert or a musician wouldn't want their audience just taking tons of photos. Also, I'm sure the photographers, it's kind of, it's synonymous, I I would think, to the wedding photography, where you have your, you hire a photographer, but then you've got Uncle Bob with his camera and, and everyone else with their cameras, and it's kind of competing for what you're trying to do. So that's one thing. The other thing, of course, is, and this is not necessarily photography related per se, but yeah, you know, you you alluded to it with YouTube, where I can just pop up uh, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, all of them have live streaming now with one click, and I could just stream an entire concert, whether the quality of that stream is good, or even if I just record it locally, you know, that's still something that look Everyone who's listening, who's a photographer, especially our listeners who are trying or actively working on making a living, that's something that should ring a home for you. Like you're basically there are certain copyright protections. There are certain rules that the musician wants to control. You know how the dissemination of the music kind of like you said, also. I wouldn't want a photo of mine that I took to be resyndicated at like 400 pixels at, you know, 20 PPI. I would want to make sure that when someone sees my photos, it is done the way I intended it to be. Here's the problem though, Sharky, my concern here. I totally get the whole not wanting to have a, a shiny screen up and also the whole capture thing. But let's say you are in the audience and an emergency happens. What happens? Your phone is locked in a thing. It's inaccessible. And the only way you can get to it is if you get to one of those stations. To me, that seems reckless.
0: You must not have listened to my episode yet. No, I didn't. (laughs) Because I brought up that point as well. There's not being able to access your phone. So you could be missing an important call from your wife, your husband, your kids. There could be mom, someone just broke into the house, blah, 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 you know, and you won't be able to get that. I said, unless that pouch is like a Faraday cage and is killing all signals, if you have an Apple Watch or similar and you could get that signal from your phone, then you're probably good to go. You're not going to obviously be answering the phone at the concert. You're not going to hear anything, most likely. So yeah, there's that issue as well. You're going to be giving up your ability to make a phone call, to text, to receive text, to do whatever you need to do by putting it in that pouch. So you have to know that going in there.
1: Yeah. And, and I guess, uh, you know, just to close it out, I just thought this was an interesting article. But the what you said in terms of us being old enough and Jack White being old enough to remember what concerts were like before this, you can kind of make the same argument where back then when there were no cell phones, this was it was essentially a synonymous issue, you, you know, or a comparative issue. What if you needed, there was an emergency. There's no way that someone could reach you unless you had a beeper. Remember beepers? I had a beeper. I had a beeper too. And then, and so I I just think that, you know, I see both points. I see both sides of it uh, in terms of the artist wanting to, one, protect the, the content and two, you know, that the, the actual live experience, uh, quoting from the article that the attendees enjoy a phone-free 100% human experience. So I don't know. I just, I think from a photography perspective where we are in this mindset now, 2010s through now 2018, where it's, everyone has a phone so everyone can overcapture. And that was a topic that we did discuss actually, the kind of uh, in episode 21, the overcapturing epidemic. I kind of can appreciate this.
0: All right. So not to put too fine of a point on this, but do you think, do you buy into the premise that he just wants people to have a better experience? Or do you think it's also about controlling the content that's created, that people shooting video and the pictures and the live streaming? Because like, they didn't mention that. They didn't say, oh, we want you to stop. You know, you guys, we have the, complete control over our image, et cetera. It was all about, we want you to have a better experience. I wonder if they did this under that guys.
1: It's interesting. I don't know. You said it yourself, Jack White is a musician, and I agree with that. I think he, for him, it genuinely is about the love of music, similar to some photographers where for them, it's just the pure love of photography, not the business side. With that said, if you're a huge fan of a particular artist, so like for me, I love Pearl Jam. You know, I grew up during that kind of alternative rock movement, you know, Seattle grunge with Pearl Jam and and Nirvana. But one of the things I always loved about Pearl Jam is that they would take the recording straight from the boards from the sound boards and put those albums out so they put out like at one point every almost every concert for uh, during the course of a year and for me someone again who I'm like, not a fan of concerts it was great because I still got to enjoy the sure it's it will never be the same as being there live but the nuances of the way the musicians sing their songs and perform at a live concert. I got to enjoy that. So I don't know. I I don't think, I I don't want to believe that, that it's, you know, be that jaded, that it's kind of a a play for, for copyright ownership.
0: I think you're going to see this yonder device and similar being used. Like I said, on my show at weddings and such, So the couple can have people be there in the moment and not have everyone with their phones up or whatever. And also it ruins the photos for photographers that, you know, this is a photography show, not a music show. So the photographers out there like, you know, this might be a good thing. I can get my shots. You're setting up your shot. You got your 70 to 200. You're shooting from the back of the audience, you know, to get that shot. And then all of a sudden people put their phones up or Uncle Bob. Well, Uncle Bob with his camera, you're not gonna be able to stop him, but. You can never stop Uncle Bob. Uncle Bob will take the photo with his 5D Mark IV that he has in P mode. He just will. Uncle Bob is a juggernaut. He really is. Like it or juggernaut.
1: So I I actually like... I like that idea. It's something I hadn't considered uh, until you just brought it up. With using it at weddings uh, and, and other uh, similar events where photography is something that should be um, refined or honed to the photographer, and not to the or flipping around where the attendees are there or should be there to enjoy the event.
0: Well, and I also said on the show too, you're going to see it probably used at church services. That'd be great, right? People are there to worship and you know hear the sermon, etc. And you have all these phones just as a distraction. Well, then, but then you got them in pouches and then they're going off and then you can't turn them off, right? Yeah,
1: I mean. So that's a problem. So
0: that probably won't work. And at concert, that's not going to be an issue. But at church, you got five, 10 phones going off and you can't get into your yonder pouch to turn it off. Yeah,
1: I mean, we'll see. All right, Sharky, I think with this one, it was a good story. I think we we put it down, right? It's ready to go. I think it is. All right, so let's move on then. Second story. Uh, This is, again, going back to episode 20. Uh, of the No Name Photo Show with Colby Brown. And the, we originally, as listeners know, we usually have two topics per show. But on that episode, we started off with the intersection of social media and photography. And it was just so uh, rich that we decided to just take the whole episode with it. So here's the thing. We have a lot of photographers who, you know, they they take their photos and they, they want to share it, right? The whole point of taking a photo, and this is, I firmly believe this, the life cycle of a photo ends when you share it. I don't know anyone, I've never met a photographer or an artist in general who creates solely to hoard it for themselves. The, the life cycle of creativity ends with sharing it with the world. Now, for us here in 2018, that really does mean social media or uh, you know, some sort of online digital sharing. The problem is that with, you've got Facebook, you've got Twitter, you've got Instagram, I'd say those are the three most popular kind of uh, 800-pound gorillas in the room. And all three of them now, with Instagram being the latest one, are under an algorithmic control, meaning it's not just I post something, if you're following me, you see it because you're following me in a chronological order. It's, okay, this person posted this, and then it gets filtered through a number of variables. And that, that those variables may negatively or positively impact you. And so there's just too much uncertainty. So this story, Sharky, stems, again, from an article that I saw. Uh, It was posted on DIY Photography on January 17th by uh, Samuel Zeller, and the title is called Goodbye Instagram Hello Ello. For those of you that don't know Ello, E-L-L-O, that's a social network that came out in 2014. And Sharky, uh, you remember that, right, Ello?
0: I wanted to be on Ello so darn bad, and I finally got an invite for it, and I signed up, and I never used it again.
1: Yeah, exactly. I got so when they first came out, Elo was an invite-only platform. Uh, similar, I think, to how Google Plus started back in the day. And that was partly to control growth. But Elo's kind of shtick, if you want to call it, was it was always going to be ad-free, like an ad-free alternative to Facebook that where it is simply you, your content, and your audience. And much like Google, so I always the reason why I think a lot of photographers flocked to Google Plus was two reasons. One, Google respected the photo a lot more back then than Facebook did. It allowed for a larger embed size. It didn't compress the hell out of the photo. And more importantly, it allowed you to create more uh, kind of a free form content, uh, whereas with Facebook, even to this day, it's still very stagnant. You have your lead photo or video or link scrape and then some text and that's it. There's no control in terms of creative formatting. So Google Plus and then Ello especially decided to say, hey, you wanna share your stuff this way? Go ahead. Let me ask you, Sharky. <laughs> first of all, I'm actually surprised. Again, we're in 2018. This social network was you know first came out uh, in 2014. The fact that it's still around, but do you think that there is still room for photographers to find success on these platforms like Facebook and Instagram and Twitter? It's
0: hard to say. You know, back in the day, you would see everything. And then they started kicking in the algorithms. And I understand why. Part of it is because, well, I remember when Facebook was like, you know, we're not making any money. Is Facebook even going to be around So to not annoy people and essentially their audience and everyone's audience, they had to have these algorithms kick in because over time you accumulate more and more friends and you can't see everything. You don't have time. So they have to have their algorithm decide what you see. And we already went into how they decide that, etc. You have helped build an audience. Let's say you're a photographer. And you've helped build an audience. I know somebody, another podcaster, has like 600,000 plus followers on Facebook. And if you look at the interaction, there's maybe 20 to 100, maybe a couple hundred likes, a few shares, a couple comments and such. And it's nothing against them. It's not their fault at all. Facebook isn't showing their audience that stuff. And so Instagram's gotten like that. All these, Twitter is just a hot mess, right? And has been for years. Instagram was a little bit more sticky. Facebook was, and they've had to change not just to make profits, but to not to, for the user experience to be better. But then what's happened is, is everybody's interactions gone down? I used to maybe get on even just my goofiest posts that weren't even like a photo. You know, I would post other photographers' photos, and they get maybe like a thousand, maybe fifteen hundred. Uh, you know, likes on there. And now that's down to like maybe half or so, depending on the photo, depending on the engagement. If it's a photo that it really engages people, they start liking it, they start commenting, it starts getting shown to more people, and then, you know, it's off to the races. But so you're saying well, like with Ello, so like, is there an audience there? And then so if you want people to see your stuff, then ironically, you have to go on Instagram and everywhere else and go, hey, go follow me over on Elo. Go check out what I'm doing on LO. It's part of the solution. You have to be everywhere, I guess, if you have time. But is it going to take off? I don't know. I don't think so. It's hard to do that these days. It's hard. Look at it. Starting this podcast, right? Starting anything. You have to get an audience. And that takes a lot of hard work. It took years to get to the point where I am with the Patabex Photography Podcast, where we re- recently hit 250 episodes, thus the giveaway. And then here with this show, how do people know? If you already have an audience, you can direct them to other places. Oh, hey, I'm over on Ello. But what if you're the photographer who's just starting out who doesn't have an audience? So what's in it for you? What do you think?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is, this is, this is a really uh, loaded and complicated topic with a lot of nuance. So I agree with you the, it, it really is uh, somewhat of a paradox. The way that I see it is for the past several years with social media and photography, it's been a big rubber band and it's been expanding, meaning uh, it, it's been more about sharing as much as you can with as many people as possible. And to what you said, what was resulting was that people's news feeds, so let's if we use Facebook as an example, was getting way too cluttered. And even just the other week, you had Mark Zuckerberg Uh, make a very, very bold claim about the change in direction of Facebook and how they're going to essentially deprioritize these kinds of passive shares. So videos, page shares, and pieces of content that where you're asking the viewer to share, what they're going to prioritize are these these smaller, tighter conversation pieces. So posts where, let's say you share something, uh, a question or a photo with a question type of thing, and then I respond in the comments, not responding to you, but uh, bringing someone else into the conversation and you create this web of chatter, uh, that's gonna be prioritized as well as you know friends and family stuff. So my point about the rubber band is what I believe you're starting to see now is that rubber band from stretching out is gonna start to contract and it's gonna contract rapidly. And if anything, this should be a good thing. Photographers out there who are trying to build their own presence, they should be empowered and emboldened by this. And the reason for that is I strongly believe that there is still a huge opportunity in the email newsletter side of things. Uh, And you, Sharky, just a couple of days ago asked a question on Facebook about what newsletter provider do people recommend? And there was someone on there, um, it's a public comment, but uh, someone made a very blanket statement that email is dead. And both my wife, uh, Nicole Z and I, who both rely very heavily on a newsletter for our businesses, we have quite a different view on this. The reason why I think newsletters are so important, and also even if you want to take it to maybe some people are like, well, I don't want to use newsletters because you have to pay for that. You can still talk about Facebook groups. I would rather have a 1,000 actively engaged people than a 100,000 where I get, like you said, the example you just said, where I put a piece of content out and it gets, if I have 100,000 people and I'm getting 50 likes, that is very, the optics of that are very bad. If you're the kind of photographer who wants to work, similar like when we had Colby Brown, who does a lot of work with companies, there are optics that you have to consider there. One of them is, and I I know I can speak to this firsthand when I did this at, at Google or with Google and Sony and Wacom, I'll look at a person, Let's say I'm looking for a new ambassador or someone I wanna work with, and I see they've got 600,000 followers, but they put out content, and there's, like you said, the quality of the content is low. Or loose, that doesn't bode well for you. So I don't know. I just think, I don't necessarily believe that ELO is the answer, meaning another social network. I think that what people should be focusing on, the photographers out here who are just trying to, they just want people to see their work, is to focus on building smaller, refined, you know, really kind of high touch uh, relationships, even if they're one on one. I think we're going to start to see a lot more with Facebook Messenger, where audience members can reach out directly over Messenger as opposed to email. So there's a lot of interesting things. Um, but I do believe that for photographers who are listening, uh, they should feel hopeful that it, as long as you can kind of reach out, you know, identify who your audience is um, and find the best vehicle to communicate with them. And that is probably not just face, having a Facebook page anymore or a Twitter feed. Those are there just to kind of maintain. But yeah, Sharky, like I w- I, I'm i excited to see that you're, you know. Breathing new life in, into your newsletter because I genuinely believe you have a lot to say and there are people who want to hear it.
0: Not only that, so, you know, I've got an entire catalog of photos from my photojournalism career before and since, and I do podcasts, right? You can't really show that. That's not the best vehicle for that. And so, what would I do otherwise? I've got my portfolio site that's in progress, the one I do with format. So it's uh, sharkyjames.com. But, you know, I could mention on the show, oh, go check it out, go check it out, whatever. So the newsletter brings it to you. I'm not going to spam people, but I want to, I want to say stuff. I want to be able to show my photos and talk about the how and why behind it and a lot of other things that I want to say. And so the newsletter seems like a good idea there. And if you go with a company like, and this is not a sponsor, they don't pay us. I wish they did. MailChimp, you can get up to like, Two thousand or twenty five hundred, you know, followers, and for most people, that's going to be plenty for free. So everyone should start a newsletter. I think if you, especially if you have a photography business, put your things out there. It's like doing a blog, but maybe you have like a little bit more control over it. You don't have to hope that people are going to come to you and remember to come to your blog or tell them on social media and come over there. They give you your email address, you send it out, they check it out. If they don't like it, they unsubscribe. I think it's a great way of doing things, and it's something I intended on doing years ago, and I've been paying every month for it to another company, Aweber, and just, you know, the Petapixel Photography Podcast blew up. And so I just didn't have time for it. And with family and such. So but Ello, wasn't Ello gonna be like a social network for creatives? So your audience was other creatives. Wasn't that it? Is that how it is now?
1: Yeah, I believe that it's definitely for creatives, by creatives, uh, which on one hand you bring up an interesting point. Again, it depends on what the your motive is. If your motive is to uh sell, for example, probably soliciting to or advertising to or just kind of building an audience of other creatives might not necessarily be uh the best thing like for me my audience the audience that i try to build uh, of course are other photographers and we discussed this uh in our last episode about you know uh where we had uh d craig mentioned you know training your competition i don't necessarily see as a case i see my audience as the amateur photographer who is actively looking for ways to learn and you know where my particular brand of teaching and products can help them uh so you know sharing on Facebook. I always find it funny when I see other photographers who are also you know, in business, but they're basically creating their posts of, you know, I've got this new product and it comes out to me and they're like, I'm not your audience. There's no way I would you know, buy your product. So wh- whereas, you know, if, uh, someone who does this very well is Matt Kloskowski, um, who is a guest on our show where I know him and his wife, Diana, they do a really good job in the way they create their targeted Facebook ads, I never see them. I know that they're there because we talk about it, but uh, that's the way that I see, or I would, if someone, you know, a listener here is interested in growing their business. Is really yeah, spending the time to you create you create you use your your newsletter and and this kind of that small Facebook group to identify your audience, to bring them in. And then you further qualify them through these targeted messages and through targeted emails. So I don't know. That's a I mean, we can that's an entirely different topic that we could talk about, but that's yeah, that's it, Sharky
0: know your audience put out better content and if people really respond to it it'll grow you don't need the numbers but these days though so many people want and maybe need to have a lot of numbers but you have to know what your business model is or you know we always talk about it we always forget that not everybody who's listening to this show is in it for the money they just want their photos to be seen they want to interact with other photographers they want to get feedback etc so figure out where best you can do that and maybe that's Elo yeah We'll see. We'll see. All right. I think we beat that one to
1: death. Agreed. Sharky. What, Brian? What's on your gear shelf?
0: What's on my gear shelf doesn't fit very well and it tends to roll off because it's circular. I think every photographer, not obviously a landscape photographer or a sports photographer, but we're talking people who photograph other people and such, should have a five-in-one reflector, right? I'm going old school here. You need a five-in-one reflector, and now there's like eight-in-one reflectors. There's ones with green screens, blue screens, et cetera. So... I'm. I'd be surprised if anyone hasn't seen him before. But picture that thing that you use on a hot summer day in your car. You know that you. It's circular on the, you, on the dashboard. Yeah, you, on the dashboard. You undo it and you and you fold down the uh, the little whatever those things are. The you know the shades. What are those things called? Escaping the, me uh, now. The visors. The, uh,
1: the visors. Yeah.
0: Visor didn't make sense. So you flip down the visor, holds it in place, but you get the point there. It's circular. So you've got your five one reflector and a lot of times they're now well, the five ones are convertible. So you'll have white on one side and you'll have silver on the other. So obviously white to just bounce some light back nice white light, silver, more specular. You want it to have a little bit more of a punch, right? It's getting on in there. It's a little bit more intense. And then there'll also be ones that have, that are uh, translucent. So if you've got the sun out there, it's like a scrim and you're going to need an assistant unless you have like a, a, a stand and a holder for it, etc. But a lot of people are working with, you know, family and friends and such. You want to be able to create a little bit of shade, a little bit, nice open shade, get yourself a giant reflector and especially the convertible ones. And you've got gold, like I said, silver, white, black, also subtractive lighting. Not a lot of people know about subtractive lighting. Sometimes you want to get rid of some light, take it away. And so you throw some black in there, a giant black, ironically, reflector, and it'll suck that away. There's also some that are gold and silver. And it's like a, uh, I don't know, how would you describe it? A bunch of squares and sometimes they're stripes. So it puts a little bit of gold in there, a little warms it up and puts a little bit of specularity in there with the silver as well. And like I said, the green screen, blue screen. So everybody should have those. That's a little bit old school. Everyone's shooting flash, which is great. But sometimes a little reflector will help you. Sometimes you're working in close with somebody and you can hold that reflector and you've got your camera in the other hand. You're popping in some light in there, filling in the shadows. You're talking like 20, 30 bucks or so. Neewer, there's a bunch of companies out there. Mm-hmm. so there you go going nice. old school on you
1: hey nothing wrong with it so for me uh, I actually don't have something on my gear shelf I have something in my gear wallet aha it's um, this is a product that I backed I think on Kickstarter or Indiegogo, God, like so long ago, you know, sometimes when you get some a product that you back on one of those sites and you wonder why did this take so long to get, but uh, it's called the Pocket Tripod. And it is, it's really, I, I love it. Um, it specifically, you know, I, I, I think it's ironic that we talked about not using our phones, cameras uh, in the first segment, but this is a product that's made for uh, your smartphone. And it's, it when you first get it, it's what it looks like a credit card maybe like two credit cards glued together in terms of thickness. And it's a bit of origami. You kind of uh, flip it around a little bit and you, you, you swing up two little wings and it has a slot to slide your camera in. So it creates this really sturdy surface and uh, where you slide your camera in, you can rotate. That little slot rotates by like 15 degrees so this is an ideal way to stabilize your phone if you want to do, say, a long exposure or a time-lapse or a video uh, and you don't have a full-on tripod, you can put it just about anywhere, uh, that, well, anywhere that's a flat surface. Uh, I love it. I I think this is one of the more enjoyable products that I crowdfunded. I do wish it didn't take as long to get, but uh, yeah, it's, it's called a pocket tripod and, and I have it in my wallet. It actually fits in, and I don't have like a George Costanza style wallet where you know it blows up in the wind because there's so much stuff. So this thing, I I haven't used it yet just because I got it last week and I haven't had an opportunity. But when I was in Canada two weeks ago, there were several times where I wish I had something like this. Uh, so it's good to have.
0: That's awesome. And how much is it?
1: Uh, so it's about like twenty five or twenty six dollars if I remember correctly uh, in their store. Unfortunately, it looks like just about everything is out of stock. Uh, so. And that's, I guess, a good thing. It looks like that, you know, they were pretty successful with their campaign. But um, you can, they support like almost every single phone, uh, even with case. Like the way that I sized mine was uh, for the iPhone 10 with the Apple uh, leather case on. And so it fits in perfectly. Awesome. Great pick. I mean, you always yeah. have it with you. Exactly. Pocket tripod? Pocket-tripod.com. We'll have this, of course, in our show notes at no show.com
0: Awesome. So great pick. Like I said, that's pretty cool. I'm going to check that out. I'll probably get one.
1: I think you like it, Sharky. It's really cool. And it is one of those things that would make an awesome gift. You I mean, Obviously, they're not sponsored or anything, but I genuinely believe this is a... I actually got when I backed it, I backed two of them. So I got one for Nicole as well. It's just a cool little thing to have.
0: That is pretty darn cool. People love it when we have all these weird gadgets and stuff on the show, and that's definitely one of them. For sure. All right. So Brian... This is a pretty good episode, I gotta say, if I say so myself. Indeed. Where can people find you?
1: Uh, So you can find me on my website. Speaking of, you know, my audience, uh, please definitely, of all places, come to my website, which is Matias.com. Also, I'd love it if you subscribe to my newsletter, which is called Inbox Inspiration, and that's at slash newsletter. And then on social, of course, you know, I still wanna chat with everyone. So I'm at Brian Matiash, B R I A N. M-A-T-I-A-S-H on all the socials. Sounds good.
0: I'm Lens Shark everywhere, L-E-N-S, shark, like you said. And uh, we're running this giveaway through Monday, February 12th, 2018. So head on over to lensshark.com slash giveaway or just lensshark.com. Get on my email newsletter. There's a bunch of ways you can get extra entries and such. And the newsletter is one of them. You actually get two entries. If you get on the newsletter, two, if you've subscribed to the Pad Photography podcast. And so definitely go ahead and do that. I'll make it you worth your while. I'm not going to spam you. It'll be a good time. Sweet, Sharky. Awesome. So what do you say? You want to clap it out? Let's do it. All right. Here we go. One, two. We'll fix it in post. All right. Love you, brother. Love you too. Bye. Bye.
1: Thanks so much for listening to the No Name Photo Show. Sharky and I would be thrilled if you would subscribe in whatever podcast app you're using and tell a friend. So how about we do this again in the next episode? Yeah, let's do that.